1: Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see. The Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's topped with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. friends. The early bird gets the worm, but the getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. You and coming at you with and things, flapping we are going on. to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-game, Birds with Friends. It is 1.56 in the morning on Saturday following the Eagles' preseason finale against the New York Jets. A exhilarating last-second tie, 31-31. But we're not going to spend too much time talking about that. Zach, you are in a hotel. I'm back at home. Marissa's in Cleveland. We are going to make this postgame pod our our 53-man roster rundown talk through all the decisions that have to be made with this roster. Uh, but before we get to that, was there anything from the game that you think is worth discussing? Well, first off, the fact that, that Nick Sirianni did not play his
2: his starters, which we were expecting, he explained after the game that he felt they played a game basically against the Jets on Wednesday, and you don't play a game two days after another game. So that was his rationale for... Not going with the starters uh, as as far as the game itself, I thought that JJ Arthego Whiteside helped himself. Uh, he obviously he played well. He outperformed Travis Fulgham. If you think there's a competition there, if you think they're going to carry both, I thought Joe Flacco looked good as the backup quarterback. Uh, and I, I imagine a few other players that that we'll discuss uh, throughout the pod. But, Michael, but Jack, uh, well, those were quick uh, takeaways. a
1: touchdown that kept that cost them the, the win. Yes. Uh, by not just not scoring and letting the Eagles uh, salt away the clock, but that's okay. It was a
2: no-moss situation,
1: as as Nick Sirianni said. And Nick Sirianni, yes. Sirianni told us that Jim Bob Cooter is on the staff. Correct. It sounds like he's in a consultant role. Some kind of uh, some kind of in-game management uh, two-minute situation, how to use clock and stuff like that. So there you go. Uh, I thought the most important thing that happened tonight was. Uh, was you saving my life, Zach? And uh, it's, there's a story up on the Athletic when we went traded back, traded emails back and forth. But I arrived at uh, at MetLife Stadium, I would say about mm, three forty-five, three fifty this afternoon, and I had a five o'clock Q and A chat scheduled with our subscribers. And you know, one of the important parts of uh, of dad life is you know knowing that you're facing a long night ahead deciding maybe I can sneak in a little nap here or there so I uh, I sat in my car closed my eyes f- set my alarm for 4 30 then I could go in and do the chat and you know I, I, I'm uh, awoken by the uh, you know tink 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 of the uh, rain on the on the hood of the car and I think oh okay I better get in and then it just starts you know the skies unleash hell. It's just, just a disastrous rainstorm. So I figure, okay, well, I've probably got a few minutes I can wait this out or at least wait till it gets a little bit lighter. I don't have an umbrella on me. Uh, and there is no, no stopping this rain. It is just biblical. Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's lightning. It's just a total downpour. And, it gets to be about like four fifty, 450, four fifty-five. I've got an obligation. I gotta, I gotta go. To, I gotta get in for the chat. I didn't have my Wi-Fi thing on me. Poorly prepared. I put on a hat, which is not going to do any any good. And I, uh, I just walk through this disastrous rain, getting. I mean, like three steps in, I was already soaked to the bone but uh you know you make it through along the way uh, under under some uh, some cover so a nice guy gives me a a poncho which I'm already drenched but the poncho was nice uh you know my socks are soaking my underwear soaking I'm just it's it's a whole just a terrible situation I get to I get to the press box I do the chat I'm still soaking wet and the worst part the worst part is is not the underwear it's not the it's not the shirt sticking to my body. It's not uh, my hair looking ridiculous or or my like uh, drenched jeans that are like now three times as heavy as they should be. The worst part is the socks. You can't be just sitting there in wet socks all night. It's going to be a disaster. And in comes my knight in shining armor, Zach Berman, who says, You know what? I've got a pair of fresh, dry socks right for you, my partner, Bo Wolf. And so... Zach, you saved the day. You saved my night. You saved my life, and for that, I'm grateful. You're welcome. Glad I could help. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <there you> <laughs>
2: I'm kidding now. Yeah, no. You're, it was a it was a well told story. I was I was playing a part there of the uh, you know tired, <laughs> grumpy first uh, well, doing be. the pot yeah, at two a.m. It's two yeah, yeah, yes. that's, a, that's the role you but, should be playing. Sure. No, but no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sorry you got caught in the rain. Uh, I was happy I, I I could help. I'm not always okay, prepared okay. with socks in my bag,
1: but in that case I did so all right let's get to uh, let's get to the good stuff. This is a this is a nuts and bolts football episode, okay uh, We're really sticking it, to that so far huh It's all about the 53 men roster. This is the main event of the summer. Of course you are talking to the reigning defending two time King of the beats. For at least another few days. And as the back-to-back defending champion, I think we should talk about uh, everything that goes on here. Now, I think uh, talking to a, a few of the beat writers, I think everybody agrees. This is perhaps the most difficult yes. 53-man roster projection in some time. And there are a lot of variables that make that the case. Big picture, uh, the fact that there is the 16-person practice squad. That you can b- elevate players from the practice squad up on game day. That there is the short-term injured reserve, so that you can uh, bring on a guy to the roster who's injured and then put them on short-term injured. Or it's not technically short-term injured re- reserve. You just put them on injured reserve after the cutdown has happened, uh, and then you can bring somebody back who you have cut. There's the vested veterans. There's Guys like Rodney McLeod and Landon Dickerson, who we don't know exactly what their deal is injury-wise, will the Eagles activate them for uh, the opening roster so that they can practice at least in the first six weeks, or will they leave them on PUP and NFI respectively? There is the uh, the first time that we have a Howie Roseman Nick Sirianni dynamic. Nick, uh, you know, Howie Roseman is in control of the 53-man roster, but we don't know what type type of uh, power Sirianni is gonna in you know, a wield in those conversations lots of lots of things in the air uh, a team in transition and uh, I think that will make for uh I think that will make make for some ugly scores this year yeah so they it, hit everything
2: yeah i i I think you did I think the big part of it is is the IR situation uh, and the vested veteran situation right players that you can cut and bring back as opposed to players on rookie contracts so you might not want to expose to waivers. I mean, there are certain players who the Eagles know they want to have on IR, but you don't want to shelve them for the entire season, so you need to wait until after the 53, right? So if you're going to bring somebody back, uh, you'd rather it be someone who, like they did with Von LeBlanc last year where they cut him, and then you say, just hang around, we're going to sign you two days
1: from now. Well, and part of the reason that that is even more doable is that uh, for players who are going from team to team, there is the, uh, the, the waiting onboard period um, for COVID protocols. Now, it's maybe not as big of a deal because there is the long gap between, uh, between cut down day and week one this year. Um, so maybe that's not as big of a deal, but it's a, it's a small thing. So for instance, if you're Richard Rodgers, it's not like you're going to uh, choose to sign somewhere else when you know that the Eagles would want to bring you back or something like that. Well, I think one thing that that you might see, and I'm I'm
2: speculating here, but it it could be to the team's advantage if if there are players that they want to get through waivers, it behooves them to make those decisions like right away, right? Because a I team's agree. probably not going to claim someone if if they need to get down to fifty three themselves, right? Right, because so, uh, the Eagles so I,
1: played tonight and exactly. most of the other teams don't play until this weekend. If they cut guys tomorrow, or today rather, on Saturday, that 24-hour period is going to make it harder for other teams to claim those guys because they have to get through their, their own fourth preseason game.
2: Exactly. So make it, so doing it sooner can, can really benefit the team. So that's why I, I think they might have some early cuts of, of guys that they like. I'm sorry, my voice cracked there. Guys that they like, and they want to get them onto the practice squad.
1: And uh, the other variable there is that the Eagles have the number six spot in the waiver priority, so they're going to be able to to uh, to make some moves, presumably. And that means that it won't be a surprise if they go, you know, uh, particularly light or heavy at other positions, just because. It's protecting the guys they want to protect. And, and to me, that is the general operating principle of this roster cutdown for the Eagles. You know, if I'm Howie Roseman, you know, Jeffrey Lurie has admitted that this is a team in transition, right? So uh, every decision they make needs to be made with the long term in mind. And I know that Nick Sirianni, you asked him this question in the press conference, Zach, you know, what's your philosophy? And he said, like, everything has to be about week one. It is Howie Roseman's job for that not to be the case. Um, so if it's a guy like um, I don't know, Jack Stoll, for instance, who who might not have a week one role, but you think that he could end up being a, a number two tight end down the line, you need to protect that guy um, and figure and figure out how to fill out the week one roster, you know, come Wednesday and Thursday.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you there. that that push and pull. Is going to be interesting to observe because obviously Nick Sirianni needs to I mean a long term for, for Nick Sirianni is Sunday's game, right? He can't think about two, three years from now, but certainly Howie Roseman can.
1: Okay. Let's or go will. position by position. This is this is the stuff that gets me going, Zach. This is this is what it's all about. Okay. Quarterback. The big question do you think there is any chance that the Eagles keep Nick Mullins on the week one roster? I would not expect him to do so. No. Okay. I mean I the chance
2: there's there's a there's a, there's a chance not, for he anything. Was, he was he was I, he was better
1: tonight him. than he's he was better tonight than he's been in the first two games, wouldn't yeah. you agree? Yes. Yes,
2: I I would. One of these days I want us to do like a 5:30 a.m. pod or 6 a.m. pod. So so we're more on like my schedule. Yeah, as it'll be and it'll the... be
1: exactly the opposite. I will be, I will be not with <laughs> yes. you.
2: Yes, as opposed to the two a.m. pod. I, I want to see how how amenable you'd be to like, yeah, let's let's just you know let's just talk at at, at six a.m. tomorrow.
1: So it's funny. It, it, well, my wife is the same way. It's you know she's the morning person, and I, I and I am decidedly not. I also get like uh, I'll get like a very early morning text from Coach Flynn, and I'll read it. That's like the first thing I do when my eyes open. Read the read the text, and then I I like. I forget about it because I was in a, in a total haze the whole time. Yeah,
0: anything that happens, to the, me it's every,
1: six... any, that anything that happens in the first like forty-five minutes of my day is barely, barely happens. That's the most productive part of my day. <laughs> the most productive part?
2: Yes, yeah, it is okay. in the morning before like, before anything the kids else wake up. On.
1: Exactly. Do you, do you, do you take a shower when you first wake up, or you wait until the kids are up so you can still be productive?
2: No, I I'm productive during. I I wake up and I start. We don't have to mm. go off that, but I start reading and and preparing for the day.
1: What are you reading? The other beats. The other beats. The other
2: the news from the night before. The stocks. Some, well, the the market doesn't open until nine thirty, so I wouldn't be reading that at six. I mean, you can see the overseas markets, but. Anyways, let's let's get
1: to this. <laughs> okay, uh, running back. Running back is interesting. I think uh, I think there are two locks in Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, I think Boston Scott is probably going to make the team, but I don't think it is a lock, lock, lock. What do you think? What do you say? I believe he will. Uh, I think that. You're,
2: you're going to see Sanders, Gainwell, Scott on the team. I think Jordan Howard's going to be on the team, right? They didn't play him tonight. They're expecting him to be on the team. The question is, do they use him as the vested veteran? Uh, if I mean, let's say in theory they want to get Jason Huntley on IR, right? I don't know if that's the kind of guy you're mm. going to want to a push on IR. But in theory, you can carry Huntley on the 53, cut Howard, put Huntley on IR, bring Howard back. Uh, but Jordan Howard's a guy who's going to have a, a week one role on this team. The fact that he didn't play this night is the fact that he didn't play tonight is
1: telling. I don't, I don't know that I agree with you. I don't okay. think that he's going to be on the initial roster. I think it would be insane if he's on the initial roster.
2: Uh, it's not insane, but
1: it is. I, I mean, why is insane? it insane? Because there's no reason for him to be on the initial roster. Well, the if they like him, a- and they then they can just bring him back a couple days later. Well, you don't know that. You know, I do know that there might he be was a, like,
2: another team that saw his film this year. What or have or we learned? What?
1: What? What? I mean, this is uh, you know the the overarching uh, dilemma of of the roster cutdown is balancing, you know, what we know from a player's recent history versus the recency bias of what we've seen in training camp. So for rookies like you, ha- that's all you have. For Jordan Howard he was one of the worst running backs in football last year. Uh he's been declining for several years. Nobody else was interested in him. The Eagles the Eagles signed him in the offseason and and what? He had like he had a good blitz pickup. He had, a, you know, he like he missed a hole on a third and short in the second preseason game. He's not running against people tackling him uh in in training camp. Like I don't really believe this narrative that he's had a great training camp and even so even if you want him to be the downhill guy who can pick up uh blitzes if you need if need be put him on the practice squad and elevate him and then see you know see if you need to activate him after that like there's i believe i believe w- i will be i will be uh nutso if he's on the initial roster
2: okay i mean i i think he's he's going to be on the roster that flies down to Atlanta. However it works out, he'll be on the roster that flies down to Atlanta, in my opinion.
1: Okay. Uh, and, and what do you think about Huntley? I, what's the expression you use? You can't make the club in the tub, right? Can't make the clump in the tump.
2: Um, he's been hurt recently. I, I thought he looked good the first Ribs. two weeks of camp. And the fact that he's, he's been banged up here, that's, that doesn't help you. But he, he does have juice. They carried him all all year last year. It's a different staff. It's a different running backs coach, nonetheless. Uh, you know, I, I he think was he has I thought the
1: most uh, the most juicy of the kickoff returners that we've seen in preseason, which would be his role. But but if, you know, if he's got if he's got hurt ribs right now, I think I think you're fine rolling the dice that he makes it through waivers. Mm-hmm. True. Sure. So I I will be having just three running backs in my initial week one projection or in my initial projection, not week one okay uh okay wide receiver is i think maybe the most interesting spot right you've got three locks in uh watkins smith and rager and i don't think anybody else is definitely on and i don't think anybody else is definitely off among the uh greg ward jj ortega white side john hightower travis Fulcum- Quadrant, quadrant, quartet. I don't think John Hightower is making this team. Uh,
2: I think Ward is, but you know, you can convince me he's not. I, I just think he's a steady player who can help you on special teams. Uh, I, I I believe Fulham will make it based on the fact that he he's done it in games. He clearly has talent you can tap into. But it hasn't translated a consistent enough basis this summer. And JJ, look, look, JJ. I I don't want to overstate the way he he's played, and frankly, I think it 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 can be overstated at, at times. But he 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 has flashed, and he he does. Uh, you know, he he works hard, and he he presents a different type of body than a lot of the other guys you have. So I, I Not, can make that's an necessarily
1: ar- then Fulgham. Right. Not
2: than Fogel, no. Right. But, I, I I, mean, you can make an argument for me that J.J. makes it, but then I think you, you need to carry six. So, the question is, do you carry five receivers or do you carry six receivers?
1: Well, and this is another thing that could be short-term because they could also be adding somebody um, off waivers. Like, I would expect that there are going to be more interesting receivers available than maybe the bottom guys on the roster. Uh, I could, you know, I could see it be a... a Case where like JJ makes it, but then he's cut when they add somebody. Um, I think this I think like JJ versus Fulgum is is an interesting Sirianni versus Howie, like where they should be coming from, because tonight in the f- final preseason game, Travis Fulgum was below Hightower and uh, JJ and Greg Ward on the pecking order. He played special teams in the first half. Didn't get see the field at all on offense until the second half. Uh, you know, he made one nice catch and then fumbled the ball into the end zone. JJ, um, you know, has has been a you know you know work hard 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 work type guy all summer. Uh, you know, he's got the the attitude that you would think the coach would want. He made the nice play for the touchdown in the two minute drill in the game tonight, um, but you know, given the mountain of evidence that we have from their first two seasons for both of these guys, Travis Fulgham has shown so much more as a a productive receiver in the NFL, and it was just a one-month stretch. And we probably probably need to forget about that one-month stretch because Travis Fulgham has not backed it up ever since, and he has had a bad summer. But if I'm Howie Roseman, like... I'm not losing sleep over letting JJ Ortega Whiteside go somewhere else whereas if Travis Fulgham goes somewhere else and taps into what he had, what he showed he can do, that's a bad job by me for letting him go. Whether or not whether or not Siriani himself, who is the wide receiver expert, he tells me he'd rather have JJ on the team, I feel like I feel like you got to put your foot down and say like I'm sorry, we can't just let this guy go. I hear you.
2: And you propose an interesting argument. I, I, I would think the solution is to keep both, right? You, you can go heavy at the position
1: and keep six. So and I'm not I'm also I'm not so sure that Hightower is definitely out because there's a little bit of upside there with the speed. I mean now maybe it's the skill set is too duplicative with uh, with Watkins and Rager, but like, you know, I'm not so sure that, that John Hightower doesn't have a better chance to be an interesting player in the long run than than J.J. does.
2: These are the kind of conversations they need to have. But I, I I think Fulgham's on the team, and if you just go based on what you've seen, you should put J.J. on it. And they can carry six. If if you go thin elsewhere, you, you can carry six. You also have to think who's going to get claimed on waivers. Of, there's
1: not a lot of places to go thin. Running back is one, but uh, and maybe defensive line, but the rest of this roster is like. It seems like they're going to need to carry guys. So, well, I
2: I mean, I'll just say this real quick. Like some of these things, we're quibbling over, and we're quibbling over them at you know two eighteen in the morning.
1: But this is what this is, my friend.
2: No, but 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 my my point is is that there's a lot of years where where you have a hard time like, cutting player 55, 56, 57, right? I don't think this is the— Like, this is a roster where after you get past, say, 40 or 42, um, there's, like, 10 players who you're like, yeah, they can cut him. You know, that's—I'm i, I I'm not going to pound the table to keep him. Uh, so, so that speaks to the Eagles' lack of depth. I just think that's that's the, the type of uh, roster they've had. They've had players in the past where it's like, that's we really hard to I don't, to, really I don't totally, to
1: cut. I don't totally agree with that. I well, think you also guys, have them winning the NFC East. So, well, I think there are guys worth having on this roster, like young, interesting young guys.
2: I mean, if it, I, I, I don't think losing John Hightowers is, is something that's going to be.
1: Uh, I agree with you. So, but so let's, that's my point. so. So then you transition to the offensive line because that's where I think there are like. There are guys who you're not going to really want to lose necessarily. So you've got say Sayamalu, Kelsey, Brooks, Lane. That's five, right? Driscoll's on the team. He wasn't great tonight again, but he's on the team. That's six. Uh, there's the Landon Dickerson conversation. Do they activate him?
2: That's a huge kinda,
1: one. That's a huge one. I kind of lean towards thinking they are. Well, if they, if they are, it's taking a roster spot from somebody else. So – Correct. Yeah, that's what I, uh, I I agree. We we understand that, uh, but I, I I think that again, if you are operating with what's the best thing for the t- for the long term health of the team, and you think that Dickerson is going to be able to practice in a month, I think it's probably worth it, especially especially with all the injured reserve machinations you can do once once the roster set. Sure. Uh, sure. Dillard tonight played the entire first half at left tackle. First time we have seen him in the preseason. Uh, I thought it was actually the best he's looked uh, all summer. He was not bad. He, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad, although he did have a very funny uh, false start coming out of a timeout during the two-minute drill, and then he gave a like an interesting, oh, uh, crap reaction. But um, do you think, how many turkeys out of 100 would you put on a Dillard trade coming before cutdowns? It's certainly
2: a possibility. Uh, you know, I I think that he helped himself tonight. He he put on How many good turkeys? film. I don't know, <laughs> um, fifty. It's just let's a just percentage. Let's make it a fifty-fifty. Oh, what a lazy answer. <laughs> a lazy. I, I, I'm a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not lazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> well,
1: that's definitely true. <laughs> so it wasn't a. Uh, was it a lazy answer? Give me give I mean, me forty-nine or fifty-one. Okay. I don't have a. Sh- I
2: don't know what the market is, honestly. I- I'll say 60. 60 turkeys that he's trading. Oh, okay. I,
1: I, I am of the opinion now that he's just going to be on the roster as a backup. Okay. Do you think there's any chance they cut him?
2: No, I think he's either on the roster as a backup or they trade him. But okay. uh, I'm standing by what I wrote that if- I, I think if he's back he's back at, or he's he, he's back as the starter otherwise it behooves them to get value for him now he's he's not going to be more valuable this offseason well, unless like Jordan Milotta gets hurt right
1: well that's so why if, i think if, he is more valuable to them than he is if they think that he can passably get by at left tackle if Jordan Milotta gets hurt then that's more valuable than what they would get for him cuz they're not going to get anything more than a 6th round pick or something Maybe even like a pick swap.
2: I it's I that's what I'm saying. I don't know what the market is for him right now. It's it's hard okay. for me to
1: say. So uh, then you've got the rest of these guys, and you know you could convince me that they keep four more guys, like keep they 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 hold twelve offensive linemen on the initial roster between Herbig, opetta Toth, La Raven, Clark, Coyote Awashika. Matt Pryor, Ross Pirschbacher. Like all those guys are are playable offensive linemen. Now, Pryor, I think, is probably out. Um, LaRaven Clark, sort of weird to me that they they ended up activating him and he played the second half today at left tackle. I thought he looked okay. To me, he's he is uh almost like perfectly suited for they're gonna release him and then see how things shake out and they bring him back if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um and then Herbig Opetta. Toth and coyote Sua did not play great tonight um I don't feel great about him making the roster at this point uh herbig he keeps these he keeps having these bad snaps and like if his role is to be the backup center like they can't trust him he, he hasn't been great at it. I think they like him enough that they that that like water gun to my head I'm gonna have him on the roster barely. But I think there's a good chance that like they try to keep Pierschbacher on the on the practice squad and he's the game day backup center. Um, and then I I Coyote played right guard tonight. He finally got to play his natural or his his the position he's been practicing, and I thought he played well. I think he might be on the team. You think uh, Coyote Awashika is going to make the team? I think I do. Okay. You don't think so, huh?
2: I don't think so, no, but you've been watching the reserve offensive lineman closer than I have. So if you believe he's going to make the team, then then so be it. I mean, I, I, I think that the fact is, you know, the first team offensive line, the starting offensive line tonight are the guys who I think are the best candidates to be your backup offensive lineman. I'll, and I'll say this, if... If you had. Well, just so Dickinson, we can. Well, well let's
1: team. just say it. Let's just say the starting offensive line tonight was Dillard at left tackle, Toth at left guard, Herbig at center, Opetta at right guard, and Driscoll at right tackle. Correct. Now, if you told me. Now, I am
2: playing around with Clark over Opetta there, but uh, like you said, the fact that Clark's a vested veteran uh, and you can cut him and then bring him back, that. That uh, has, you know, that's pretty intriguing. the The big wild card here, and we covered this, is Dickerson. If Dickerson's on the team, it takes a roster spot away. I assume from another offensive lineman. I'd be surprised if they went twelve deep on the O line. That would really surprise me, because it's not like they have IR candidates, right? I mean, you go deeper on the initial fifty three if you're stashing someone on on IR. You don't have anyone on the O, o-, o- line to stash on IR.
1: Well, that's—I I suppose that's true. Maybe somebody picked up some kind of nick um, in this game, and maybe it's maybe maybe holding them on the roster is a way to try to trade them later. Because uh, I do think that this is a place where, where Howie might try to make a trade over the weekend. Uh, maybe maybe Opeta would be the most likely. Um, so anyway, uh, I think they could go. I think they could go heavy there.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone.
1: Uh defensive line, uh you've got Graham, Barnett, Sweat on the team for sure. Any chance that Ryan Kerrigan is cut? That would surprise me. Okay.
2: Because I think Kerry, I think he's a guy who could get picked up pretty quickly, right, if he's available somewhere else. Like he might look at at the landscape and and say, well, I don't know where my snaps are in Philly. You know, there I could get more snaps right. somewhere else. So
1: I I would not mess with cutting Ryan Kerrigan. Okay, now do you think that Teron Jackson could make the team? I th- I liked what I saw from him, right? Uh, so He's I been I think very he could, up and down. I mean the 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 question
2: there is is how heavy do you want to go? And I would mean you know that literally at, at defensive tackle, right? Uh, if if Milt Williams is an inside outside guy which he's been getting, and obviously Kerrigan's an outside guy. You need some guys who, you know, who can play nose or three technique in there. Right. So, uh, so that's where your boy T Y McGill factors in. That's where Hassan Ridgeway went in theory factor in, but both those guys are players you can cut and bring back or even stash on your practice squad.
1: Yeah. You know, T Y McGill has been so good this summer. Um, but he also like he played almost the whole game tonight. Would they really have made him play the whole game at like twenty eight years old, if they're if they're gonna have him on the roster? He played more than Ridgeway. Um, well, they don't have like, defensive tackles. I know it's true. Uh, you know they've got they've got Raekwon, uh, and Tui Pelotu. and Tui Polotu didn't play a ton tonight either. Uh, I and don't Raekwon think got he, I don't think he's gonna make the team. That's true. You're right. Um, I like. T.Y. is one of those things where from like the head coach's perspective, the message that you're trying to send to the team, like it's all about competition. You know, this is a meritocracy. It's it would be hard to sit in that room. And watch what T.Y. McGill has done over the course of the summer and. Believe Sirianni if he doesn't make the team. You know what I mean? Like the message sort of rings hollow if a guy who played that well doesn't make the team, even if it's just you know he's cut and then he's resigned on on Thursday. Uh, so like those are the kind of conversations that I think will be will be uh, being had by uh, over the course of the next 24, 48 hours with with Sirianni and, and Roseman and everybody else I, who's in that room.
2: I think that that competition thing that matters more with playing time. I don't think that that matters so much with roster spots because, look, they know the business, and Howie Roseman's the one who's determining that, not Nick Sirianni. So, yeah, there's there's the business element to it, and especially if you're someone like T.Y. McGill and, and you've been cut as, as often as he has or as many times as he has, mm. then you understand uh, what goes into these decisions.
1: I think this is a, a spot where they could go really light like it could just be cox hargrave and milton williams on the initial roster and then you're either bringing back one of those guys we talked about or i think this is one of the positions where there's a good chance they're going to sign some they're going to they're going to claim somebody off waivers
2: yeah my guess is brandon brown and his staff have been looking hard at these preseason games
1: water gun to your head what position if if you if i told you you had to pick a position that the eagles are going to claim a guy off waivers what would you say Defensive tackle. I think that's right. I think I would say defensive tackle, too. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that Sam position that has been uh, so intriguing. Uh, Patrick Johnson played tonight. He was the only healthy guy. Obviously, they've already waved injured Joe Osman. Uh, Jannard Avery's been dealing with uh, uh, groin injuries on both sides, which sounds fun. And uh, Patrick Johnson got hurt in this game and then came back do you think that uh, Avery is definitely on the team do you think that Patrick Johnson could be on the team what's your what's your assessment of that situation
2: don't think Avery's definitely on the team think Patrick Johnson could make the team
1: okay what do you think will happen you got to go on the record by noon tomorrow
2: I mean by at this rate we will finish this podcast at noon tomorrow so that's correct uh <laughs> uh what do I think is going? So I've I've been going back and forth on this. Uh, right now, I have um, I have Avery making it, and then they can get him on to IR after that, right? So okay. and Johnson uh, making it and Johnson not making it, and then sneaking him through. Oh, interesting. And then, but that's one of those where I I can see. I, I mean, I'll be playing around with that uh, first thing in the morning, and the two rookies, Johnson and Stevens that I'm, I don't quite mm. know what to do with them. Cause I, I think, I think the Eagles like them both. Right. And, uh, you know, they were draft picks in the class with this, you know, with Jonathan Gannon, uh, and his, and his new scheme, like they were intentionally selected. Uh, mm. so I'm, I'm curious to see. And, and look, Davion Taylor, someone else who, who maybe you, you, you put on, on IR. So, uh, Perhaps it's the type of thing where they carry seven linebackers on their initial 53, and then, um, you know, they open up roster spots by putting Avery and Taylor on IR. As I say this out loud, that would certainly be a plausible scenario.
1: The, The other thing, the interesting thing with Johnson is I wonder if they're not as worried about him getting claimed because he was used in such a specialized role. Like he's not a linebacker by trade, so. But it's so not many like he's teams gonna... have,
2: have their scouting reports. Are, I mean, their scouting reports are still fresh, right? Right, but he so... was a seventh
1: round pick, right? So it's sure, not like yeah. teams were I, you know batting down the hatches to get him.
2: No, but I imagine there were there were teams that wanted him as a priority free agent. There there might have been teams that that saw him as a three four edge rusher, right? So, uh, I, I mean, that happens sometimes where. Where teams, you know, draft yeah. or where teams claim guys well, I and then think, use them differently. I think,
1: I think from a macro perspective, like the opinion of the Eagles league wide is that this is not a great bottom of the roster, right? So if you're another team and you're looking at the Eagles draft picks and, and they didn't think enough of the draft pick to keep the guy on the roster, you must you must think that they didn't show much. And you would certainly need them to have really flashed on tape, and I'm not so sure that you know patrick johnson has has jumped off the screen on tape in those three preseason games, but okay, at the same time, like Jannard Avery's not healthy. they don't have anybody to play that position. Maybe they just need to keep Patrick Johnson
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah. the rest the rest now of the i linebackers, I, I, I
2: would watch out as uh, for Alex Singleton potentially playing that position. Uh, when you know when when the Eagles are playing in the games, I I, I think uh, Wilson, Edwards, Singleton, top three is what you'd probably see.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I I've heard this catching steam. Um, but they haven't it, practiced mean, with him there. Yeah. That's well, true. they we have seen them all three on the field together. Uh, we saw that for the first time over the past week. I mean, I don't, I don't know why it would be Singleton and not Eric Wilson, and then T.J. Edwards in the middle.
2: I think uh, Singleton's the the better pass rusher between Singleton and Wilson.
1: Well, Wilson's he did a little bit of it in Minnesota. I think they want Alex Singleton hanging away from the ball and running and running to the ball. Okay. It's not really his. It's not really his skill set. It's almost more. It's almost more T.J. Edwards' skill set,
2: rushing the quarterback.
1: No, but like setting the edge and and covering, like Alex Singleton's not a great one-on-one cover guy, and he's not. It's not like I don't know. I, I think the rushing the passer part of that job is a little bit overstated.
2: Let's have that conversation in a week when, okay, when we're prepared, when you know they're prepared for Atlanta, and we're in okay. our pregame.
1: Uh, I think we both agree David Tillers on the team and then Yes. Uh I are. W- what do you think about Sean Bradley?
2: I don't have Mama 53 now. I mean, you can make a case for it, but I w- I would think that the staff would keep
1: uh Jacoby Stevens say over Sean Bradley. Okay. I think Sean Bradley's been has been okay. He was a captain tonight with Greg Ward. He, he's a fiery guy. I mean, you're, you're going to cut a guy you were, you made a captain in the preseason finale? Man, what is this, Little League, right? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. then pick somebody else.
2: This is, this is the NFL. It's a business. You don't keep someone because they okay. they went out to the opening coin toss, right?
1: All right, cornerback. Four locks. Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Zach McPherson, and Steven Nelson. Uh, And then I think everything else is up for grabs there. I mean, it's not crazy that they would keep just those four guys, at least for the initial uh, pass.
2: So Josiah Scott's a guy that I, yeah, I've, I've, I've I've liked Josiah Scott this summer. He got banged up tonight. Um, That, that could be a factor. Uh, Craig James has been a key special teams player for this team. Obviously as a background in the Viking scheme, but he's been banged up recently. So, yeah, and they uh, yeah, did that, the same that, that thing last summer position. and
1: they kept him. So are they going to let him make the club in the tub for a second year in a row? It's a good question. Um I think Jaquette is out. Jaquette, if there is one uh shock surprise inclusion on the week one or on the initial roster, I think it could be Kevon Seymour.
2: Okay. Well, look, Kevon Seymour is a is a likable story, so well, uh, I think what was the, I, quote, uh, uh, the quote's escaped me right
1: now. Uh, I believe he's an Osprey award winner. Oh, well, he Flock has that around, going for him, which Flock is Flocker nice. Uh nice. I I could see Kevon Seymour making the team as a, like he's a placeholder uh, for another cornerback that they're going to add, and you don't worry about then cutting Kevon Seymour uh after the after the initial roster and him getting claimed i don't even know he, I, don't, I don't even i think he would be subject to waivers but you know he's like you know he's 27 28 years old other teams are probably not interested in him he's been he's been active around the ball he's been i think a core special teamer um for most of the summer i think that could be the one where everybody's like what kevon Seymour made the team that's that's just uh, i don't know i don't know if i'm going to be Brazen enough to predict that when it all uh, the chips are down, but I I want to say that at least I, I I mentioned the possibility.
2: So right now you're doing what, what Shio accuses you of, which is like you you're playing both sides here, right? Is of course. Is that if they keep him, you're like, oh well, I said this could happen, and if they cut him, yes. you're like, I I didn't actually well, predict this.
1: It's worth it because I don't you don't I don't hear a lot of other people saying that Kevin Seymour might make the team. I think that's important information for our listeners. That's true. Okay. Uh, Safety. Anthony Harris is on. Kayvon Wallace is on and is a potential uh, injured reserve guy. Uh, The big question is what they do with Rodney McLeod. You know, given what Rodney said in that video over the summer that he's going to be ready for week one, even if he's not ready for week one, I I would be pretty surprised if he's not activated. Agreed. Okay. Um, and like I'm and he,
2: expecting him to be back.
1: Okay. Uh, now, Elijah Riley, my boy, did not play tonight. He uh, he got injured on on Wednesday. Uh, so I wonder if that's a straight IR, which would end his season, which would be tough. Uh, or it's just a, a wave injured and everybody else knows that he's injured and then they can bring him back on the practice squad. But with McLeod working his way back and Wallace banged up, they need to keep at least one more guy, uh, maybe two, between Marcus Epps and Andrew Adams. Uh, Andrew Adams had a good week of practice, but did not play well in the game tonight. From what I from what I saw live, um, missed a, missed a tackle or two. He was the guy who was right there on the hail mary um, and was unable to uh, to stop that from happening. He I think is a vested veteran, so you could just bring him right back. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And epstein has been just okay.
2: Yeah, so I I think they're going to keep those five. Is is not mm. Elijah Riley, but McLeod Harris, Wallace Adams, and Epps. But you are correct. Adams is another candidate for this. You know, Ty McGill, uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Richard Rogers, uh, Jordan Howard treatment that we've been discussing.
1: See, I feel like I feel like that's the kind of thing where. Going going heavy just to cover your bases is a waste of a spot that could be used on on somebody like a like an Awashika, uh, who you don't want to risk getting claimed. Like, are you really losing sleep as you said over losing Andrew Adams? Hmm.
2: Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, if you think he's going to be a valuable special teams contributor for you, then you might. Right, uh, it's 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 hard to say. This is a a new team. It's a new staff. It's a new scheme. These are things I'm still learning as well.
1: Okay. Uh, you know what? We didn't talk about actually. We we didn't. I think we skipped over tight end.
2: We did. Yeah, you went from wide receiver to O line, which yeah.
1: surprised me. I apologize. Uh, uh, no oh, problem. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, so two big questions. Uh, three big mm-hmm. questions here. Goddard's on. One, give me your turkeys on a Zach Ertz trade.
2: I would say 70 turkeys that he stays, 30% traded.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. And, uh, like, it's still weird. You know, it's weird that we haven't heard from him at all. But, like the uh the gambit of like letting him play all preseason risking injury just for the possibility that somebody gets hurt elsewhere and you get better trade compensation like i don't think that that i don't think that that would have been worth it if that was if that was the deal uh maybe they like i i almost think at this point well no that's not true but it's also not like They they've waited so long now that you know for for a guy like Zach Ertz whose effectiveness is going to be predicated on like knowing the offense, uh, like being in the right spot and developing the rapport with a quarterback. Like it's not like a team's going to give up that much more now than they would have at the beginning of camp when he could have had more time to work. So like a team at the top of the league. Who thinks that they're like, you know, a number two tight end away from having a great roster, they they would have already pulled the trigger, theoretically, if they were willing to meet the Eagles price. Um, and you know, that those other injuries haven't happened. So I I think now, like maybe I'm just a sucker, but I think he's gonna be on the team.
2: Yes, that's that's the way I'm thinking right now as well.
1: Okay. Uh Tyree Jackson, it's either straight IR they- ending his season or they carry him. I think they carry
2: him and then put him on IR, right? I, I think if he was going to be straight IR, they would have done it already.
1: Well, that's that's a, a fair point, and and they, like, they've been very specific with the timetable for mm-hmm. him, which it feels like they wouldn't have done if they were going to go straight IR. And then uh, Jackie Stoll, what do you think? Yeah,
2: this is one I'm I'm really having or a hard Dick time Rudd, with, obviously. No, I think Richard Rodgers is your vested veteran getting cut and then bringing it back, right? But Jack Stoll, this is an interesting one because, like you said earlier, if you think he has a future as a number two tight end, it behooves you to keep him, right? Uh, so I think that there are two options here. This is a guy who will you either cut, well, today, right? I was going to say tomorrow, but it's 2.44 a.m. You, you cut him today, and you're assuming that no one, you know these teams need to get down from 80 to 53. they're not going to add players during this period. They're trying to get rid of players, right So you try to sneak him onto your practice squad that way uh, or or not even practice squad but 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 you know perhaps practice squad and then a, a promotion or or perhaps you even sign him afterwards uh, or he's someone who, you keep as your you go heavy at at tight end because you 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 want him on the team even if he doesn't have the the week one role.
1: I think he's going to be on the team. Um, I, you know, I, like,
2: I I have him making the team right now too. For the
1: for all the haranguing we did, uh, me in particular on on Noah Tangiai last year, like, we. It was basically just because he was the only young tight end, like good, like okay, young tight end mm-hmm. in camp, and they didn't have a third veteran, so he was getting reps with the twos. He wasn't really making plays. Like I think we probably overstated it a little bit. Like Jack Stoll had a much better summer than than Tongi. I did last year.
2: I agree. I, think. I agree, and I think, but also part of the Tongi, I think, was was that they. They, they they needed uh reserve tight ends right and and so they let him go right and that uh and they're forced to sign Richard Rodgers at, at that point
1: well that turned out okay Dick ryan had a great year yeah okay uh and Zach uh do you think there's any chance that the Eagles will replace Aaron Sipos with a, a punter from elsewhere? Always
2: a chance, right? You know. Well, you know I mean, what's if,
1: interesting. If they, maybe they they could just cut Sipos, keep two specialists, and know that they're going to be able to add a punter off waivers or something because there are, they, maybe there are punter competitions elsewhere.
2: Yeah. So the the big one to watch right now is in Los Angeles with the Rams, right? Where Johnny Hecker is one of the best punters in the NFL, and there's a chance he might get cut. Um, what's the punter's name? Cody. I, I, I can't pronounce the last name. No, but, uh, and I, I've been reading reports that the, that the Cowboys might be positioning themselves to try to get Hecker if he is cut. Uh, Mm. but there, there could be some punter action. So what you said is an interesting wild card. That hadn't
1: occurred to me until just now that they could just cut Sipos.
2: But then you really—I I don't to be think confident it's a little about what's I, gonna, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a little too cute. I don't think I don't think yeah. they'll do it. But
2: no, I, I I wouldn't rule anything out here. You know, I I think the the well, I don't think no. The last time they had a waiver claim this high was 2016 when they added four guys. Right, mm-hmm. they added Kamu Grugier-Hill. Uh, who else did they add that year?
1: Uh, 16. I wasn't there.
2: I mean, if this was in four hours, this podcast, I would be able to tell you right away. Mm. Um, DJ Alexander, I think was, 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 I one. think that was 17. That was 17. So yeah. I'm trying to think here. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, um, yeah. Camus, uh, Bryce Traggs was one. They needed a deep, oh, interesting. They needed okay. a deep guy. Uh, Terrence Brooks was the other from Terrence Brooks. the Ravens. Nice.
1: Who's your favorite of the, uh, initial, Waiver claimed guys from your time with the Eagles. Who comes to mind? My- Camus. Okay. Kyle Devan comes to mind for me, because they claimed him off time. waivers, and then he and then he was a he was a Howard Mudd Colts holdover, and he he went immediately entered the starting lineup for Danny Watkins.
2: <laughs> was okay. it, what was that Watkins? Was, this, was was that his first year?
1: Yeah, his rookie year. Okay. Good sign. It's a bad sign. It's a good yeah. sign for his his career. All right, Zach. Well, you've been you've been uh, you've been game. I'm sorry
2: that I I apologize. When I'm going to listen to this podcast in about four hours and I'm driving home, and I will not be very happy with my performance. No, I'm sorry on. right now. Uh, well, it's my fault but, because I
1: drove home. I drove I drove an hour and forty minutes home after the game. So you were waiting on me.
2: It's okay, but the i uh, I uh nice payback I tried to provide input here well, and you provided
1: dry socks for me <laughs> what more can you ask for and
2: we have a, a lot coming up here just so so we we actually didn't say when this is all happening Tuesday uh by four pm I believe they, they need to get down the fifty three mm-hmm. but uh like we said, they could start making moves in we the expect they're gonna start making some moves yeah. this weekend, yeah. I don't anticipate the Eagles uh, having much as 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 far as practices before then, but they'll be back out there. My guess Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe next week. I imagine he'll give them Labor Day weekend off, and then they'll they'll pick up uh, on Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. They'll they'll pick up the following week uh, on, on 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 Labor Day to get ready for uh, the Falcons.
1: Uh, two final things that have nothing to do um, with anything we've been talking about. Uh, one, it did occur to me in the middle of Nick Sirianni's press conference today that you close your eyes and you listen to him, and he sounds almost exactly like Tim Robinson.
2: Who's Tim Robinson?
1: From uh, I Think You Should Leave and uh, and Detroiters. The way he says things like, uh, Tough. And the way he just sort of rambles on without knowing where his sentence is going to finish, uh, really like he sounds exactly like him.
2: You think someone's saying to Tim Robinson, "You sound just like Nick Sirianni."
1: No, I don't. Uh, but I think if if a certain subset of our of our listenership pulls up his press conference from tonight and closes their eyes, I think they'll hear it. Um, and the second thing that's uh, that's really been Spending a lot of time in my mind is the fact that have you ever noticed that Reggie White in his name is Egg White?
2: Uh no. But this is not this is not very productive. You take out the
1: RIE and it's egg white. Gotcha. Gotcha. There's no there's no yolk in there. But Reggie White, egg white. I do want to say tomorrow's a big
2: day. Or or today's a big day, because College football is kicking off, mm. right? We got we got a lot of good games coming up here. No, it's fighting. Chip Kelly's are, are are playing. You have Illinois, Nebraska.
1: As as far as I'm concerned, the college football season doesn't start until the Ivys start. <laughs> uh, I could okay. care less well. about the rest of it.
2: And we have we're we're counting down for uh, Marissa's Terps next week against West Virginia. That's a much anticipated game.
1: Of course. Maryland's bringing the script back on their uh, jerseys. I'm very excited for that. The Terps written in script. So going old school. I like it. We, mm. won't, we won't talk uniforms at 2.51 in the morning, Zach. I know I, you are dying it yeah. off this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it. Um, stay tuned for... Uh, I think Shields said he's going to record his own solo podcast with his own 53-man roster projections um, and thoughts on everybody from uh, Harry Kreider to uh, Ross Pierschbacher. Uh, so stay tuned for that dropping in your feed. But other than that, we will be back. Uh, I guess we'll be back to react to cutdown day or at least maybe an emergency pod if a trade happens. So we've got you covered. Follow us on uh, on The Athletic, download... Rate, review, subscribe, evangelize All that good stuff Uh, Follow Marissa on Twitter And uh, thanks for listening And thanks for the sock sack For Zach, Sheil, and Marissa I'm Beau And as always We love you